Hey, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. So again, this this little uh, intro is for those of you listening on the audio version, iTunes, Android, all that. Again, this is going to be a replay of the live MMA AMA that I uh, did over on YouTube this this Friday. Uh, again, if you want to catch those, you can subscribe over on YouTube. Just make sure and ring the bell so that you get notified when I go live. Or you can subscribe to my email list. I always send out a no- notification there uh, at johnmorrisonline.com. So uh, this one... Again, I got into answering questions, but towards the end, you'll notice that the audio starts to break up, and I was sort of kind of going back with people, forth with people on the live show. I've posted the whole thing. I've listened to the audio then. It's not great. It's understandable, but it's pretty robotic and sort of choppy, so um, it sort of is what it is when it comes to these technical things. So again, I've posted the whole thing, but just know as you get towards the end, it'll start to break up a little bit. So with that said, let's jump into the replay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to, well, it's John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome to uh, another Ask Me Anything Friday while I wait here a little bit for people to pop on, get all the notifications and so forth. I actually had to do this one a little earlier this week. I meant to, I wanted to do it a little bit later, but I got, so those of you who might follow me on Instagram or Twitter will know my mom is in town for the week. And so I have this rare moment where she's gone my my wife is out of the house and so there's sort of like there's no daycare kids in the house so there's sort of peace and quiet so wanted to try and knock this out uh while I, while I had that what's up syntax ai looks like we got some some people jumping in here i'm going to give it a little bit more time here just uh for anybody that's trying to jump on right now but okay we'll get into the questions here in a little bit md uh, just want to give people a chance to jump on and go through some admin stuff uh, once we get a few more people in here. But uh, again, I'm trying to do these these Ask Me Anythings every Friday. I'm trying to get to the point where uh, I can do these maybe like one central. I think that's probably a better time for everybody. But uh, I, like I said, this week I'm having to do a little bit earlier. All right, so it looks like we got a few people on. We got some questions coming in, so I'll go ahead and get into this. So, a couple just admin things before I jump in to start asking the questions. So, this isn't ask me anything, so you can ask me whatever you want. I'll do my best to answer your questions if I can. Um, just type them in the chat. I'll go through them in order. If you want to make sure that your question gets answered, you can do the super chat thing. I will make sure and answer all of those questions before I jump off and I'll answer those questions first. So you can do that. The other thing I wanted to try and give you guys a little bit of sort of, a, uh, I don't know, a reward or whatever for jumping on live. So what I decided to do is create a coupon code that's only going to be active during this live stream and up for uh, an hour afterwards. So that is the, the, the coupon code is radical. And you can use that in my store at store.johnmorrisonline.com. And that will get you 50% off anything in the store. But again, that's only during the live stream and up to an hour afterwards. All right. So with that stuff out of the way, let me go. Let me jump into to, to this. So the first question comes from MD. It says, tell some tips for Upwork cover letter. So, you know, this is one of the things that I, I talk a lot about in my Upwork 101 course. We talk about the, the cover letter and the questions and so forth. What's up, Praveen? Um, yeah, we talk a lot about that in that course. And the big thing there is whenever you, whenever you look at a job on Upwork or really anything, 
the thing that you want to do is you want to figure out what are the key things that the client is looking at in order to hire somebody. Because every client, every project, the the key hiring criteria, the things that are going to matter to them, the most important things are going to be a little bit different. Even with the same client, different projects are going to have different things that are important to them. And so you really need to be able to look at a project and figure out and pull out what those are. And that's ultimately what, what should go in your cover letter and, and anything that you put in a proposal on Upwork. Now, one of the key indicators of what is important to them are the questions that they ask. What's up, Luke? So any questions that they ask are going to be things that are, are obviously really important to them. So you want to make sure and answer those questions. The questions also show up first when the client looks at your proposal. So you have the questions and then you have the cover letter and it's all sort of sandwiched in with your profile. So you really want to pay attention to those questions, but you also want to look through their job description and find anything that that sort of points out that that this is a key hiring criteria and you want to make sure and answer that in your cover letter if it's not addressed in one of the questions. And then one of the big things that I talk about is when you're doing the answering of those of those questions or, or addressing those things in your cover letter, you don't just want to tell them, right? If, if they say something like looking for a reliable developer, well, that means that reliability is one of the key hiring criteria. You don't want to just say, hey, I'm reliable and that's it. You want to you want to point to something that demonstrates that. So maybe you have a testimonial from a past client where they say super reliable. So you can put that in your cover letter or you know maybe you have something that you've done in your past in terms of a project that you worked on or something that demonstrates how reliable you are. You want to put that in there. You want to you want to point to facts and things that actually happen not just make statements or make claims because anybody can make a claim, but it's only people who've actually done it, who have the experience or or have the skill that are going to have things that they can point to. And again, I talk a lot about in there how to develop those things if you don't have them. So, I mean, that's a lot uh, going into that. But again, the big thing is figure out those key hiring criteria and then demonstrate that you meet them. All right. Next one's from Ramon says how to get clients online. You know what? That was one of the reasons um, that this last week I did the freelancing 101 tutorial that I did. So I would say go to my channel. And if you haven't gone through that freelancing 101 tutorial that I have uh, on my channel, I would go through that because that's really one of the simplest ways where you don't have to rely on Upwork. You don't have to it's not about building out this big, massive sort of of of, of system or, or or architecture for getting clients and so forth. It's a really down and dirty, simple way that you can start getting clients right off the bat. And so I'd really recommend uh, going through that tutorial. Uh, the big thing, though, is one, don't get so wrapped up in three to five thousand dollar projects. Right. You can still make really good money doing two and three hundred dollar projects. And oftentimes for people trying to get into freelancing, uh, you know, it's, it's a little simpler because it, it, it's not this big, overwhelming, scary thing that you have to do. So it can be easier for you to kind of get over the hump with the two or $300 project and, then, and learn how to, 
to manage a project. A lot of people don't, a lot of freelancers don't like, they don't understand that trying to go right into managing a $5,000 project that's going to take three or four weeks. I mean, that's sort of like jumping right into the frying pan. So taking a two or $300 project can help you get your feet wet, figure out how to manage a project, deliver on a project. And then if you want to expand from there, you can do that. But uh, so those not being willing to take those smaller projects and learn, but also then finding urgent problems. That's probably the biggest thing. Uh, clients or, or potential clients, people out there who have problems that are really, really urgent and they uh, their site's down, something's wrong, their CSS is broke, that sort of thing. When you can find urgent problems like that, getting them to hire you is a heck of a lot easier because they just want the thing fixed. And then as you grow in that, you can sort of learn how to, to work on new stuff. But again, like I said, I would re I really highly recommend going through that freelancing 101 tutorial on my channel because that walks you through the entire thing. All right, this one's from Keith. Quick question. Give an example of a port portfolio project for someone looking for a PHP Laravel job that would be impressive to an employer. Well, again, these, these sort of things, I think it's the wrong approach to look at this in a generic sense, meaning what's a project in general that would be impressive to any employer? I mean, we could maybe pick out some things, like if you could build a CMS or a, a social network or something like that. But what's more important than that often is what does that employer want? What are they specifically looking for? And that's why I always say you, you, should, you should research the employer as much as they're going to sort of research you. And so when, when you're looking for a job, right, go to the prospective employers, read through the job descriptions, what kind of projects are they want, what kind of things are they wanting you to be able to build and so forth, and use your own tuition about some, what sort of projects are, uh, would be impressive to that specific employer and tailor your, your application, everything that you present to them to their specific, the specific job that you're hiring for. Because you know, uh, all you all you need is to get hired once. You're not trying to get hired ten times, so you don't you don't need to to appeal to a hundred different employers. You need to appeal to the one that you're applying to right now. So I think it's far more important for you to research the company, understand their values, understand the 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 job and what they're wanting to have you do, and figure out uh, what would be impressive to them. Again, I'll. I'll probably reference him a lot as I go through this, but Chris Sean is a really good example. I've talked about him in past videos and so forth, but he went and he applied for a job at a company that on their job description, they said they wanted someone who knew Bootstrap and PHP and this whole long list of things. And he didn't know any of that, but he sort of figured out that Bootstrap was the most important thing to them. So he went and built a couple Bootstrap sites and then he applied for that job. He used those sites as examples uh, when <clears throat> when he was going through the the interview and all that, and he got hired for the job. And they were they were fine with him learning PHP on the job. And so, if I were to tell you just right now and say, "Well, learn uh, a Bootstrap portfolio item or a project would be something that would be impressive," you'd probably sort of snicker. But in that specific case, it was so. Again, that's what's far more important than, um, you know, to in my opinion, than just sort of these generic things. All right, this one's from 
is it Marwain? Hi, John. How to sponsor your mobile app good and get traffic for it? Um, you know, to be honest, you know, I've never, I've never written a mobile app or, or um, tried to promote one. I mean, I guess if I were going to do it, <clears throat> excuse me, I would sort of take the same approach that I, I do with everything else. So I would obviously make sure in building the app that it's solving some sort of you know, urgent problem, some sort of, it's a, it's focused on a problem. And then, and there's lots of stuff out there, you know, that, that of people talking about building apps or startups or so forth that will give this same advice. So even though I've never done this, I've read a lot about this and there, you know, there's all, a lot of the advice centers around your mobile app should be focused around solving some sort of problem thing that people can't now do that they want to be able to do. Anyway, I would make sure and do that. I would set up my website just the way I, I set up any of my websites now, promote the app and all that sort of thing. And then I would use a combination of content and advertising. So if you're, if you are, and, and this is the benefit of marking, of building something towards a problem, because people are out there having that problem, searching for information on that problem. So you can create content that says, hey, here's how to solve the problem. And my app does all of it for you. Or to run an ad that's to that that comes up when people specifically search for uh, that particular problem, your app your app shows up and says that it solves the problem, and so now you can tailor content, you can tailor advertising uh, towards solving that particular problem towards those specific people, and it makes it a heck of a lot easier. So, again, that, that's sort of the same approach that I I take to everything. Um, my guess is there's a ton of good information out there that you can find. I, I probably am not the best source for that sort of thing. This from one is from uh, Demi Lola. Hopefully I got that close. What's up, Geeky Will? Uh, it says, how can I improve an algorithm planning to become a software engineer? Um, I, I guess... I, I, the, the, those sort of questions, what's up, Mark? Uh, those sort of questions are, I guess I don't know the best way to answer a, a question like that. I, I guess what I would say is how to improve in algorithms is to write algorithms. I mean, at the end of the day, I know that's sort of like a, that's sort of a, I don't know, a cheeky answer or whatever, but it just sort of depends. It's, it's just sort of too generic for me to really sort of give you an answer, I would, I would think. Or maybe you can go out there and find something where people... You have to out write algorithms to solve problems or something like that. But the only way you get better of uh, better at any particular thing is by doing more of that particular thing. So if it's algorithms, if it's writing forms, if it's whatever, you just got to do that particular thing. So I don't I don't know that I have anything specific for that. Tech feed tech. Hi, how to get started with uh, data science? There's, there's a few of these. Can I get a creative study scheme for absolute Java Android beginner? Now, these aren't really, you know, I'm not in data science. I'm not in Java. So it's not, I, I hate to be like, hey, these aren't questions I can answer, but they're not really things that I, I consider myself an expert on. So I don't think I can give you guys really good answers on those things. So um, this one's from Marwayne. Is it necessary to know all components and technologies required to apply for a particular job? No. I mean, I just sort of gave an example of that with Chris Sean. A, a lot of... 
a lot of the the job descriptions that you'll see out there from companies, they're not they list them as requirements. I get that. And this is in every industry. Here's a good example. So when I first got back from uh, Iraq, I went to apply at this was before I had started learning code a little bit, but I really I wasn't like heavy into it. I didn't know anything at that point. So I had to get a job. So when I got back, I applied uh, eventually applied at this uh, window company. They, they make windows and doors. And I applied there as a manager. And one of the requirements was that you had to have a college degree. Well, I didn't have a college degree, but I had had probably about four to five years of management between the my civilian jobs and between my uh, experience in the military. So I had a lot of, a ma- of management experience, but it's, it's listed right on there. One of the requirements was a bachelor's degree. I applied anyway, and they interviewed me. And when I went into the interview, they asked me about not having a college degree. And I said, yeah, I, I don't have one, but I got a lot of management experience, you know, and I, I just sort of was like, yeah, I don't, I don't have it, but I have this. They ended up hiring me as a manager, even though it listed on the thing that you had to have a bachelor's degree required. You know, Chris Sean's thing said that they had to have PHP, knowing PHP was a requirement. It's a wish list. That's what it is. You have to view these requirement lists as wish lists. They're hoping you have these things, but the majority of the applicants that they get are probably not going to have those things. So uh, no, it's not necessary to know all the things. And again, this is why I say that the the biggest thing is for you to read through it and figure out what matters to them most and realize that everything else is sort of a wish list. This is for, again, for Chris Sean, bootstrap was the thing that mattered most and everything else was a wish list. So that's what you got to figure out. Then you create your resume around that. You create your, any sort of portfolio you might create, you create around that. You line up your job history around that. You make everything pointed towards that. And so when they read your resume, you look like the absolute perfect, like you're the expert in this one thing that's most important to them. And then they'll be willing to let you figure out the other things as you need to. So no, it's absolutely not necessary in my opinion for most jobs. Sure, there'll be exceptions, but for most jobs, no, I don't don't think it is. Um, MD got important points. Thank you very much. No problem. Azim, do you think these days PHP is restricted to just e-commerce sites, blogs, and management system, content school, library only? Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of those. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't know the exact data. I don't have it, you know, what that is, but I would say that that's a big part of it. And and frankly, probably a big part of that is because WordPress is just so dominant in in the overall PHP space, but also just web space in general. And, uh, you know, you can build all of these sorts of things with it. So I, I wouldn't say that's the only thing that it's restricted to, especially with uh, the new, the, well, not new, but new-ish API that they added where you can do the remote requests and that sort of thing. I've seen people build some pretty interesting stuff with that. So, um, but yeah, I would say that in my hunch or my my look at it, that primarily it's oriented to, towards those things but again there's a lot of those things out there so ashish asks how do i overcome fear of unsecure inefficient code well yeah this is why one of the things that i i 
you know, some people are like, why are you, you know, you're, you're negative. Why are you, you sort of negative towards these, uh, you know, all these people that, that I consider know-it-alls that, that, that are in forums trolling people and this, that, the other. And this is a big reason why, because as you start to learn this stuff, if you see that sort of thing, it can really make you insecure and think that there's, pe there's all these people out there that are going to pour through your code and then start calling you a noob every five minutes because of something you wrote. Sure, those people are out there, but they're not near as many of them as you might think. And most people who are in this space realize that there's a lot that they don't know. We all, no matter how much you know, how good you are, there's a ton that you don't know and that you're not good at. And 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 people who've done this for any amount of time know that. So uh, tend to not get into that sort of stuff. So the way that you overcome the fear of this is not worrying about what other people think about it. The only people that really matter uh, at the end of the day are the people that you are actually delivering for. And so if you're talking about fear when it comes to those people, then again, I'm going to sort of sound like a broken record from some of my videos. But the way that you deal with that is you pick out some sort of end result and you figure out how to build it. And then you only take projects where you build that particular thing. So you're not getting into a bunch of areas where you're doing stuff that you don't know how to, you don't know how to deliver on it and you got to figure it out. That really helps get rid of the fear because you've already built the thing, you know, build it five or six times before you ever take, uh, take on a client or apply for a job so that you know, you are good at it and then work, take only those projects. Again, I'll use myself as an example for all the years that uh, all the years that I freelanced, except for probably the first, I would say two to three months, all I built was membership sites and I built them using very specific pieces of software. Part of the reason why one of the, re I mean, part of the reason why was the fear thing. Another reason why was that was just, that was a good market to be in. But again, it, it, because I was building the same thing over and over again, I knew exactly, I knew the software inside out. I knew exactly what to buy all that or, or what to do, all that sort of thing. So that's when it comes to, first off, don't worry about what random coders think, right? Who cares? They have nothing to do with your clients, your boss, your coworkers, any of that. So who cares? Second, when it comes to your classes, clients and bosses and so forth, Try to work on very specific things. Only don't try to say that you know everything about code, right? Don't try and position yourself that way. Then you don't have to then try and justify that. Say, I know this. I'm really good at this. And you can do that on res. I just talked about it. You do that on resumes, freelance clients. It doesn't matter. Again, when you do that, then you, you're only delivering on those things. You're only positioning yourself that way and you don't have to worry about it. All right, looks like we got a, a bunch more questions, a bunch of people uh, jumping in here. Just I want to reiterate, reiterate some of the admin notes I put at the top. So if you're just joining, you know, this is a, a live AMA. You can ask me anything you want. I'll do my best to answer it. I won't pretend like I have all the answers to every question, but uh, go ahead and ask it. And I'll try to do my best to answer it. Uh, if you want to make sure that I answer your question, you can do the super chat thing. I'll make sure and answer all of those before I jump off and I will answer those first. And then finally, uh, I wanted to create a sort of a reward for you guys. So what I did is I created a coupon code on my site where you can get 50% off anything in the store. The coupon code is radical and, and you just use that at checkout and you can get 50% off anything in my store. 
good during the live chat and for up to an hour afterwards. And then I'm going to turn it off because it's for you guys showing up live. So, all right. Let me get back into some of these questions. All right. I want to use packages, et cetera, but then I go to the sites I'm left more confused by terms and how to use it, even though I use PHP all the time. Is it me? I'm not sure. I haven't really messed with that. Um, Jack Ryan, what is your job outside YouTube? So um, it's, it's a little interesting. I mean, I, I did freelance, uh, freelance, you know, web development, web design, whatever, for a number of years. I had, you know, I was doing the whole clients and that sort of thing. And then at, at one point, I sort of pared that down to now just having one sort of main client. So I, I still do client work but it's just for one primary client. I'm paid on retainer with them. Um, and so that's that. And then the YouTube and courses and that sort of thing, that is primarily what I do now. And the main reason why I did that is because I've always loved teaching. And you know, I majored in secondary education when I was in college. I sort of always wanted to be a teacher. And so I reached a point in my life and my career where I was able to sort of make that transition. And so that's why I do this now. So those are the two big things that I do. Uh, please suggest us best resources for custom WordPress theme development. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, uh, to, to be honest, my, my biggest piece of advice there would be, and, and I'm a little kind of both ways on this because I really want to get into doing more WordPress stuff because that's primarily what I work with plugins and theme stuff. Um, and so I, I really want to sort of get into that. The biggest thing, though, is, I mean, when you're first starting out, I would really, I'd strongly suggest looking through other sort of established themes that are out there. So, for example, like the Genesis theme, that's a from Studio Press. That's a really popular theme. When I first was learning how to build WordPress themes, I used the codex, the WordPress codex to sort of get an idea of how they're supposed to come together. But then when I wanted to look at examples of how it's done and how people are 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 doing it and you know creating really sort of stable, popular sort of themes, Genesis was one of the ones that I looked at and I learned a ton uh, from going through that. I also looked through a lot of the Woo themes. There's elegant themes, there's I think I themes, there's a whole bunch of them. But I would say the biggest thing to do is look through other themes and get an idea. And ultimately, I think what's most important is developing your own style, your own approach to it. That's what sort of you'll find with these themes is that there's no one right way to do it. And they all sort of have their uh, their own approach to it. And there are customers out there who really like certain approaches to how themes are built. So, again, I would use. More, I mean, there's there's courses you can find courses on Udemy. You know, there's people in the WordPress space that that make courses. I'm I'm a fan of those sorts of things, but the most I ever learned, to be honest, was going through other themes and seeing how they did it. And again, I I would put Genesis as one of the ones that, no matter which ones you go through, that be one of the ones that you go through because I just I learned a ton by going through that theme and a completely different approach to to how to do it than I was doing at the time. So I'm Geeky Will. I think I said hi already, Mark. What's up? Jimmy the Hobo. All right, Jimmy. I'm nearly 50. Is it too late for me to begin coding? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I started 
I'm not one of those, you know, seven year old prodigies that started way back in the day. I think I was like 23 when I started. And within a few years, I was able to start doing it full time, getting freelance work and so forth. And, you know, there, there's probably something to be said for certain companies. Are they going to hire someone who, you know, is, is older like that? Maybe that's out there. Maybe that exists. But, you know, when it comes to freelance work, uh, free, uh, clients care about what you can build for them. You know, they don't like it's like your plumber. Do you care how old your plumber is? I don't. I just care if they can fix the pipes. So, you know, I don't think it matters at all. Uh, The biggest thing is just being able to get to the point where you can deliver on stuff. So. And Mark, Mark echoes that you have the rest of your life to be great at coding. All right. Is it Rich Lemur? Would you prefer PHP or Python? You know, I've 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 kind of lately been like, well, maybe I should get in and learn some Python. I never really was anything that I sort of got into. I went down this PHP WordPress path and just sort of went down that route. So, I mean, I think the obvious answer to that question is I would prefer PHP. But again, that's strictly web development. Python is is good for lots of different things. And so, and you ask PHP or Django, it's sort of the same. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I personally prefer PHP. I think there's still plenty of work. And I someone commented on my one of my videos the other day about the difference between Python and PHP and the job markets and this sort of thing. And it's true there is more of a job market for Python right now than there is PHP. Absolutely true. However, what a lot of times people don't mention is that the freelance market for PHP is far bigger than it is for Python or any of these other things out there. So you know, it just depends which route you're going. And to say that PHP is dead and nobody's doing it anymore is just wrong. So, and yeah, you're going to be working for a lot of mom and pop shops, probably not startups or these big companies. But again, if I prefer that, that's just me. So it just sort of depends what what you're into. But I, I personally prefer uh, PHP. All right, IU. John, I want to try making a dynamic website for a small company's clothes shop. Recommend me which database should I use, please? Note, I prefer the not query, though. <laughs> I mean, it. it uh, what database you should use? I, I, to me, if, I, if you're making a dynamic website for a small company clothes shop, I would use uh, WooCommerce. I, that's not a database. I know that. But I just don't see any reason to reinvent the wheel with this sort of stuff. So. You can tell me I'm wrong, but um, that's just my opinion on it. So I don't, I don't have an opinion on what database you should use, but I would use existing stuff out there. I don't, if you're just doing client work, if you're not trying to build sort of an e-commerce solution uh, for that, you're going to redistribute, right? That you're, if you're not doing that, I just don't see a big point in coding that from scratch. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's software that, that, that does it. So. Uh, Mark, I just have to say, John, I appreciate that. Uh, Zero says there's an old developers playlist on John Sanmez's channel. So you can check that out. Uh, I think he's not simple programmer anymore. He's John Sanmez. So there's a one over there. I have a couple of YouTube videos where I've talked about it as well. So if you want to check those out. All right. Hatham Reactor Vue.js. I think I got this question last time. Um, I've never really messed with much with React. I uh, have with Vue.js, uh, React, uh, it seems like is a lot more popular, so it sort of depends. But 
if you want to go into something that there's going to be maybe a more of a job market for for than react but i liked view and when i messed with it it was pretty cool so how to succeed in an interview with a company and be yourself not what we see in youtube tutorials okay so how to succeed in an interview uh this sort of goes back to what i was talking about before that if you've researched the company and you've read through their values and you you under you've you've got a sense of what matters to this company you need you need to go in with a sense of what matters what's important to them not just tech skill wise but personality wise value wise all that sort of stuff so if you know that stuff, the, the most important thing is it, in an interview is not the interview. It's the research you do before it. That's my opinion, if you want the short answer. So do that research, understand what matters to that company, understand what their values are, understand what kind of person they're looking for. Because oftentimes who you are as a person is going to be far more important than who you are as a developer, like your technical skills. Nobody's going to hire somebody who they know is a crappy person just because they have pretty good tech skills. I mean, there's probably some exceptions to that, but in general, you, who you are as a person is going to matter a lot more. So again, understand what's important to that particular uh, company, what their values are, do that research. And then when you go in, it's like you already have all the answers to the test because every question they answer, you just find a way to like twist it back to their values their mission, their vision, everything that they've said that they stand for, you relate every question back to that and sort of make those your values. Now, that's a trick. That's a technique. But underneath that, it's important to make sure that you only apply at companies where the values are a match so that when you're saying that, it's actually true. Okay. So, um, that's ultimately to me how you succeed in interview. Anything else beyond that is, in my opinion, just gimmick. And it may work in certain situations. It may work, may not in others. But when you understand the company, you know what they stand for. You apply at companies who match what you value. You go into the interview and it's easy. You already know all the answers. You already are in line with what, what matters and so forth. So that would be my how to succeed in an interview. John, you really are awesome. Give me so much thoughts. Appreciate that. Any professional programmer wouldn't roast beginners because they know the struggle. That's, I mean, you'd like to think, I would say on the whole, that's probably true. Oftentimes the people that are negative tend to be louder. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you've done this for any amount of time, you just know what you don't know. So hi, John, is it worth learning PHP and Python? I'd say yes to both. I mean, PHP is still you know, it's still doing its thing when it comes to web development. Well, Python has a role there, but, you know, when it comes to machine learning and, and some of this other stuff that's getting really big now, you know, Python's playing a, a, a big role in that stuff. The job market for Python is is pretty big. Uh, it's bigger than PHP, about double the size of PHP if you go by Indeed.com. But the freelance market for uh, PHP is a lot bigger than Python. So uh, probably about four or five times if you go by Upwork. So uh yeah i would say they're both worth learning uh your voice is lagging all right well i i don't know exactly what i can do from that so hopefully it gets a little bit better um great info on your videos i'm a wordpress user how do i advance my skills to make money what is the next step 
Well, by user, I, I mean, I don't know if you mean you're like a developer. There's there, there's sort of different levels there. There's someone who just uses it for their sites. There's someone who is good at clicking the buttons and can put sites together and, and, and plugins and that sort of thing and hook everything up. And then there's people who are coders. So that that would be the progress path if you're thinking the developer route. Go from user to, um, we might say, manager, being able to, to work and do those things in WordPress. And there's plenty of people who make a living doing that that alone. I talked about this last live stream. I know people who make their entire living and all they do is manage WordPress sites for people. So they just click the buttons. They're not coders. So, and, and they make a damn good living doing that. So there's absolutely a market for that. And it's valuable to certain people. So uh, then beyond that, I, I suggest you push if again, if you want to go the developer route, you push into learning the code because that's just going to open you up to even more and then figure out what you like uh, uh, doing. So that would be my my guess there or my advice there. Oops, I keep scrolling. This thing just has an Uber scroll. Your voice sounds like a robot having a seizure. OK, <laughs> sounds like it's better again. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if it's mine, internet. I don't know if it's your internet, whatever. Even I'm good with Android app development and sacrifice another year or two to improve my skills and get good monies and change your life worth, okay? Do you know any good places I can test PHP code online like PHP Sandbox? Mm, not something I really do a lot, so I don't, I don't really have a big one there. A lot of comments here, so... Code normal. Astro is a great theme in the free version. Does 90%, 95% of what you'll need. A recruiter, con this is from uh, Jorge. A recruiter contacted me today about a junior PHP web developer position. I have been learning PHP for three months and I don't have really experience in PHP. Should I still accept the opportunity? Uh, I mean, yeah, I would. You know, what? what's the worst that's going to happen? They're, they're going to fire you and you're right back where you're at. So... Well, I mean, and let me just, a lot of people will be like, well, then that'll be on your resume going forward that you got fired from this job. Not if I don't put it on there. And I know that's probably people will be like, but at the end of the day, I mean, you, you sort of determine some of that stuff. So uh, I, I'm not necessarily like uh, a fan of just completely obfuscating everything. But a lot of times on my resumes, what I would put was relevant job history, not recent job history. And I think that's a little more, one, it's a little better in terms of showing them stuff you've done that's related to the job that, that you're applying for. But it also sort of allows you to put your best foot forward and, and construct your resume in a way that's going to be more apt to get you the job. Some people aren't comfortable with that. Fine, don't do it. Uh, but again... I, I don't know why you wouldn't take that job opportunity, you know, especially for a junior PHP developer position, almost guaranteed that they know that they're going to have to train you. So, um, yeah, I would absolutely accept it. Christopher, that's very, very complicated. We're not recommend it unless you have a stable wide knowledge of PHP. Oh, okay. That's replying to somebody else. Keep scrolling too far. All right. Hello, John. What do you think about freelancing Android? 
So being a freelancer building Android apps, well, let me let me drop this over here. My guess is there's a pretty good market for that sort of thing. I mean, always two questions I have when it when it comes to this sort of thing. Well, I, I would guess I would say three. One is there a market for it, right? A lot of people. This is why I don't. I don't. The whole language war thing. I just think is silly because it's like. What's there a market for? What can I, to me, I, me, I don't code just to code. I code to make a living. So I like coding. I'm passionate about coding, but at the end of the day, I do it as a career. So is there a market for it? That's the first question. Do I like doing it? So do you like doing, uh, building Android apps? Is it something you actually enjoy? And can, if you suddenly started getting a bunch of work, would you, would you be okay with that? Would you be happy doing that day in and day out? And so that's the second thing. And then the third thing is, are you any good at it? So if we do Android app development, 3,521 jobs over on Upwork. So yeah, that seems like it's a pretty viable market. And then the other questions are on you. You know, do you, do you enjoy it? Do you, are you any good at it? Can, can you deliver on these projects? So that would be my answer. What is your opinion on WordPress page builders, e.g. WordPress with Elementor? <laughs> it's funny because I've evolved on this question. I used to hate them. And the reason I hated them is because, you know, I had learned how to write themes on my own. And so I liked being able to sort of control everything and, and accessing the code in that way. And I still absolutely do. Uh, th that That's very true. And this sort of goes in line with the next question from Lucas. What is your opinion on WordPress, WP Baker, Page Builder, and Visual Composer? There's a few of these. So, um, yeah, I used to hate them because those, the way they do, the because they're page builders and the way the code works and so forth, that it can be difficult at times to hook into certain parts that you want to hook into when you're doing your coding. But what I figured out with time is that you can sort of find a, a balance between a page builder and then your own sort of custom coding that you want to do. And the page builders are really, really nice for uh, creating things that are sort of tedious and, you know, don't necessarily really need to be built uh, using code. So just laying just layouts and laying out different blocks and so forth. The page builders are really, really good at that. And so I actually have switched to using uh, primarily page builder themes on all my sites. The one I use is layers. Um, so, but I've heard Elementor is really good. There's X theme, there's Divi, uh, the, you know, the visual composer, the, the way that's built into certain themes and so forth. So yeah, I, it's primarily what I use now. I think they're handy for what they do. Um, which one's better? I think they're all a little bit different. Um, and you know, if you're a coder and you still want to do some coding, you can hook in certain ways and so forth and still be able to, to do some of the things that you want to do outside of the page builder. So yeah, I, I guess the fact that I've switched to using them primarily should give you your answer. If you do WordPress, learn PHP, I agree. Seeing only, uh, seeing only less than 30 people watching this is very sad, bro. I wish your channel could. Yeah, I mean, I've seen channels that they have, you know, double or triple the amount of, of subscribers and they, they get maybe a 50 or 100 people jumping on their live streams. It's, I mean, it is what it is. There's actually, 
what I found out from the last one is there's a certain amount of people that'll be online at any given uh, on it at any given time, but um, uh, yeah, that'll be on at any given time. But over the course of it, you'll get a few hundred people that watch. So it is what it is. Um, I heard one time from this guy on the internet: audio is the most important part of videos. It is, but I, I, I guess I wonder what you would have me do if the the audio's out here because of the internet. I, I don't I don't know what exactly you'd have me do. So, it is the most important part. But what's the solution? By all means, um, let's see. How to learn is any videos on YouTube? Just watch. Um. Manage WordPress websites with not coding. I'm learning how to create my own themes. It's good. All right. Where are you living your freelancer life? Upworkfreelancer.com. Anyway, why does this chat delete mine back then? I don't know about the chat, why it's doing that. But um, where do you live your freelancing life? Upworkfreelancer.com. I started out on Upwork. I never was on freelancer. I assume this question's for me. Um yeah, I never, I never went on freelance. I start out on Upwork, but it's sort of like I always say, you should go on. I think if you start when you start out freelancing, everybody should go on Upwork for a time, right? Just to because it's a huge marketplace. There's a ton of freelance jobs there. You can build up your portfolio. You can get testimonials. You can learn how to actually market yourself and get work and, and deliver on projects and interact with clients. You can learn all of those basic skills that you need to learn that. A lot of times freelancers tend to think that they already know, but don't. And so you have to learn some of that stuff. But eventually you should get off of Upwork. That's always been my advice from the very beginning. I've never thought that Upwork should be forever the primary way that you get work because you are ultimately, it is going to be more competitive. You are ultimately going to be making less from those jobs. And so eventually you want to transfer everything over to your own website. So eventually that's what I did. I moved off of Upwork onto my own site, freelanced there for a long time. And then, like I said at the beginning, um, you know, I, I eventually just sort of pared it down to one client. So I don't, I don't try to, I don't do a lot of trying to get clients uh, at this point anymore. Uh, I do more of this stuff. I work with the client that I have and, and, and that's good for me. All right. looks like we got some more, a bunch more questions in here. I'm going to try to, to get, uh, through all of these. Um, <laughs> up crusader thanks for the the hair comments i appreciate that that's two in a row that's I'm, I'm really feeling like i'm in an ugly phase right now so uh, i appreciate that um as i mentioned at the top let me just sort of go through this so this is a the weekly uh ask me anything that i'm trying to do for those of you jumping on uh new now getting into this so you can ask me anything i will do my best to answer it for you um if you could do me a favor and make sure and, and like this that helps sort of create more people to uh, jump on note get notified and that sort of thing if you want me to keep doing this i'd really appreciate that also if you shared apparently i was talking with some guy the other day and he said for every one person who shares it it'll, it'll notify like 30 to 40 more of your subscribers because youtube sort of restricts that i don't know if that's true but with the way they're doing that stuff now i'd really appreciate that if uh any of you would do that but uh as i said i'll answer any of your questions if you want to make sure that I answer your question, you can do the super chat thing. I will answer those first. I'll make sure and answer all of those before I leave. And then I also made a coupon code for you guys that are on the live stream on my uh, site. 
you can use the coupon code radical for 50% off anything in my store during the live stream and then up to an hour after. All right. John, I know PHP, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and can read, modify, debugging WordPress functions for any theme and plugin. Am I considered a master WordPress developer? I have to learn more to create a plugin. Um, <clears throat> I don't. I don't buy into the idea of master anything. I mean, yeah, you want to pursue mastery, but you know, it's sort of the cliche line: every master knows that they've never finished learning. So, I mean, I don't know that I would ever get into calling myself a master and i don't really think it matters to be to be honest with you um what what you call yourself or what anybody else calls you so the the other more probably important question at least to me is do i have to learn more to create a plugin i mean maybe you know it again at the end of the day can you deliver can you build the thing that you say you're going to build that's what matters so do you have to learn more to create a plugin maybe try creating the plugin and figure out what you have to, to learn. But my guess is that if you know PHP and WordPress functions and all those things, as well as what you're saying here, that you'll probably be able to create a WordPress plugin. WordPress gives you a lot of tools to help you do that. Um, but just, you know, the, 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 the thing to understand is that what I, the big mistake I see a lot of PHP developers make is they try to recreate the wheel when WordPress already does what you need it to do. So, um, really dig into understanding how the WordPress hooking system works, all of the built-in functions and classes that are available and learning all that sort of stuff. And that's, what's going to make you a good WordPress developer. You know, there's, there's this thing in the WordPress community called the WordPress way. And it sort of, I used to sort of like kind of mock that a little bit, but it really is true that there, there's a lot of things that you can do that are built into WordPress that you should be using because it's there's a reason why it was built into WordPress. And so, again, learning that stuff is, is what's going to be important for getting into building a plugin. <clears throat> I asked you a question in your Patreon community page. I think this is, I think it's the first one. So we're going to ask that question here. Yeah, by all means. Um, I haven't had a chance to jump over there today, so I may have missed it. Non-coding question from Beekeeper. How did you build up your customer communication skills and keep track of what customers want want from you or make sure you are clear on what the customer wants to avoid complaints? Um, well, I had, I, I mean, I personally had the, and, you know, anybody can do this. I, I, I would say that that's probably not a bad idea if you can, if you can get, get hired to do it but i was i call i say fortunate enough to when i was really really young get into sort of fall into sales i actually the thing was is i had worked construction and stuff up to that point and you know i was going to college and all that sort of thing for secondary education like i mentioned and i fell into a sales job it was actually my girlfriend at the time um applied for this job at a shoe store in the mall and she got hired and she was working there for a while. And she's like, you should really come and do this. I think you'd be good at it. So I eventually went and applied there and got hired and ended up being pretty good at it and learned a ton about interacting with people, about reading people, about how to, about how to draw their wants and their needs out of them, all that sort of stuff. I, I learned a ton about that. And then eventually got promoted to being assistant manager and then managed my own store for a while. Um, 
before the army sort of swept me away into its its whole deal. But um, that was where I learned communication skills. That was where I learned how to interact with people and customers and read people and so forth was by doing face-to-face direct sales. And so again, if you can do that and you want to do that, I would, I would definitely recommend it. You'll, you'll learn a ton, but you don't have to. Again, this is why I say, you know, why I kind of go back to you should, I think everybody should freelance, uh, any web developer or, or designer or whatever should freelance for a time in their life because that's how you learn those skills is by doing it and having to, 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 to be able to perform when it comes to this stuff. You can read all the books you want and that's fine. You can take all the courses you want and that's fine. Do those things. But at the end of the day, the, the way that you develop the sense sort of this intuition about it is just by doing it. So I would say the best way to do that is to freelance and get that direct one-on-one sort of interaction. And then after that, if you want to go into a job and your your company has clients, you'll have a sense of what those clients are thinking, what they're wanting, expectations, all that sort of thing. And it helps a ton. Um, you know, my little brother talks about this all the time that when he came, he was sort of in a, a, a desperate spot and he came to my house and he was trying to figure everything out. He was going, he was going to college to get his computer science degree. And, but he wasn't doing any sort of work in that. He was working in a factory, I think, at the time. Anyway, when he got to my house, the very first thing I made him do was go on Upwork and create a profile. And he was like, I don't know how to write code. Don't matter. Go on there anyway. And so he went on there and he started to figure it out. And he, he credits that, that experience of about a month or two where he freelanced. He eventually went and got a job. But he, what he does now, he still you know, he works with clients and these are really sort of big, you know, fortune 500 clients. He credits that what he learned in those one to two months for his ability to do what he does now with all of these sort of big companies and so forth. Uh, And it just, it gives you that direct one-on-one experience. So that's what I would recommend. There's no law that says we must put everything on our work resumes. Just leave out the job, (laughs) one job you got fired from. Like I said, <laughs> all right. You should never freelance. You should say you're a businessman, a business rather than a freelancer. I mean, there's some, there's some, de- yeah. I mean, there's some debate on that. I, I mean, at the end of the day, right? The the work, if we, whether you say you're a business or a freelancer, ultimately the work that you're doing is ends up being the same. But I think I get your point of. You should approach it from a business perspective, and I, I agree with that. Build out systems. You know, say you're you're a contractor, not necessarily a freelancer. Get hired as a business, not necessarily as an individual. But at the end of the day, again, the thing I'll caution with that is a lot. I think you should move towards that. Absolutely, I think you're right, Casey. I don't want to say that you're not. Okay. However, for a lot of people when they first start out, that seems really overwhelming, and so if you're in that that position, just, just start, start somewhere and then get better and, and, uh, move up as you can. Don't think that you have to build the perfect sort of strategy right off the bat. You can hack your way through this. So, ah, um, a lot of comments. 
What is your insight on the impact of Gutenberg? Yeah, I don't, Mark, I don't know. I don't know yet. That's, I'm very interested to wait and see what happens with that because there's this part of me that you have all of these other page builders like Elementor and so forth. And then is Gutenberg going to come out and just completely wipe out that industry? Or is it going to be sort of a nice add-on uh, to those and work well with them? Or are those going to continue? I don't know what the impact of that is going to be uh, fully. But I think there's the potential there for it to completely wipe out a certain industry. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what it is yet, but that's something I'm definitely paying attention to. Uh, audio is fine. Okay, good. Glad to hear that. Do you miss the military? Not one bit. <laughs> Not one bit. By the time I left, I, I knew. Because I, le- I was 11 years in. So uh, a lot of people at that point were like, why would you leave? You know, when you've, you're 11 years in, you got nine more years, you got your retirement, you got this, that, the other. Like, it's dumb. I'm like, yeah, I'm still getting out. Because by the time... I tell this I tell this story a lot when people ask me about it, but the day that I decided to leave, I essentially and this is not my personality at all, but I was so like frustrated and stressed out. I was a I was an E six and rank's a big thing in the military, obviously. I was an E six and I was standing there chewing out an E seven in front of uh, the the sergeant major and like I had no business yelling at that E seven like I was, but I was. And I just realized that I was like, I realized that I was done. I was completely frustrated because I was just, I was chewing somebody out and that was not my personality. I was chewing somebody out who outranked me, which was risky. And I was doing it in front of both of our sort of direct boss. So it was, it was very, very problematic. So uh, again, I, I, I don't miss it at all. Sean, I want to talk personally. Um, you can email me at support at Um, you know, uh, no promises, I guess I would say sort of depends. Uh, it looks like it's, yeah, it looks like the video is getting, uh, distorted here. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on, but again, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't know what I can really do here. Um, so I would say check the replay. Uh, if, if, if the audio is getting too bad, hopefully it kicks through here. Uh, I'm not going to go reset my router or anything, but I'm just going to sort of keep going. Is the customer always right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see the audio is bad, but I, I assume it's the internet, so I don't really know what to, what to make of that. Okay. Hey, Advancing my question about your freelancing life. To elaborate on me how to get approved on Upwork certified wise built in test wise, you name it, been submitting two times, I haven't been approved yet. Um yeah, one of the things with, with getting approved over on Upwork is um, 
Yeah. about getting approved over on Upwork is the, the way that you get work over there is different from the way that you um, the way that you get approved because they, they they want sort of they have different sort of criteria and things they're looking for in terms of their marketplace and the the the, the kind of freelancers that they want and so you know it it uh they they will like block certain people even though you have really good skills you're a really good freelancer but you happen to be in a category that's really saturated so what i generally recommend is that you start off really broad to get approved so you start off like web developer you know uh maybe wordpress sort of these any skill that you sort of have just listed and and that'll be that'll help you to be more likely to hit one that gets you approved and then once you're approved then that's when you niche down and you get really specific so that you can start doing better in a particular niche and that's how you're actually going to get work um <laughs> yeah you can enjoy it so that, that would be my suggestion on how to get approved um and then once you're approved just sort of niche down but if you go in sort of targeting a specific niche then um, that would that is a good chance that you can get um, disapproved that way because there's already a bunch of people that are in that particular niche. Okay, is the audio any better? Has it picked back up? That's what I'm wondering. Because it's it's about an hour now. There's some questions left, but I, I don't want to. If the audio is just help terrible then uh, i don't want to yeah i mean you can understand me some question right <laughs> all right well so it looks like the audio is not getting any better so um and we're about at an hour now so i guess i'm i'm gonna jump off um i wanted to answer some more of these questions but if the audio is just terrible then, then i'm not gonna uh, uh, uh i'm not gonna continue to answer these questions so um I'll again do this next week. So if you have questions, be sure to jump on then um, and, and get your questions in. Hopefully we don't have the, the tech issues next week like we had this week. And as I mentioned, if you guys want to grab anything from the store, that coupon code will be up for another hour after this is over. Uh, use the coupon code RADICAL at checkout for 50% off anything in the store. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Sorry about the tech issues. Uh, and, and hopefully we can... Uh, do this again next week and not have those issues. But like I said, thanks for watching. Be sure to like it uh, and all that sort of stuff so that uh, I know that you want me to keep doing this and we'll talk to you later.